0: In the garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddy Woff. It's Kickstarter for you for July 19th. Ooh, already. And guess what? You're still here. You're still in Los Angeles ish.
1: I'm not. No, I'm not. Not as of the 19th. I'm <laughs> but on a plane I mean, right now. I'm at this moment. I'm on a plane right now. You're on a plane. <laughs> Ninth the 19th. Well, you're listening to this. I'm flying to Montana.
0: Oh, there it is. Okay, I wasn't sure if you're going to say. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, I know. But at this. But I mean, we hadn't said anything at this point.
1: Well, it's because I don't really need everybody in my business, but yes, no.
0: I know, but and I'm aware of that. That's why I didn't. Oh, right I don't care. Name? Who cares? Where <laughs> you know? <sighs> oh man! So in the last week, I've I've ingested a lot of stuff. I'm already on to season five of Bosch. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm, what is that? Is that two weeks? Right? I need two to got go. Three.
1: Two and a half. You're two and a half. You have two and a half seasons left to enjoy it. Season four is just. <sighs> They I, just keep getting better, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's just so good. And it it's such an enjoyable show. And it, you know, you and I were talking earlier about Supernatural and how the first two seasons are really good. And then you get a mixed bag every season after that, where you get really good episodes and some just kind of get you to where you gotta go. But just like with X-Files, the best episodes of Supernatural are the one-offs, you know, that don't involve the whole lore yeah,
1: of, the, of the, not the mythology.
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And those are the better episodes during the during the run of supernatural. But it's still pizza. Even the the lesser episodes are still a good time. They're not great. They're just they're fun. And think, like I said, they get you from point A to point B because there is the mythology, especially for a show that ran for 16 years, uh, 15 seasons, I should say. Yeah, same time, same kind of vibe. And with Bosch, I feel like Every episode is better than the last. Every episode
1: complements the one before it. Yeah. Is how I would describe Bosch. Like if somebody says, well, you know, luckily for us with streaming, they all drop at the same time. So you're not going to miss one because of scheduling or like, oh shit, (laughs) you know, I'm going to be at work for the season finale.
0: Yeah. I, I mentioned before how much I enjoy Breaking Bad quite a bit. And that's the only thing that I've, and I don't I don't want to compare it. It's unfair to compare them the two of them. And Sons of Anarchy I like a lot too speaking. Titus was on that for a short while too. He made, he made a funny tweet the other day saying it was like it was when he posted a photograph, right? It was like day two of the spinoff that they got going. And someone had tweeted back to him, Oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm just start watching Sons of Anarchy again. And he replied to that person and said, Oh boy, sorry about the accent. <laughs> Cause he's got the right the Irish accent in it. Yeah. And he's fantastic and everything, but man, I have, I've always enjoyed, you know, Tyus' work, but I I think Bosch is a, it's a different take completely because, and a different kind of ownership because it's a character that existed before the TV show was around. And so you have preconceived notions of what to expect. Now, before I ever watched the show, I had read some excerpts from from Michael Conley's book just to kind of get an idea, you know, those little teasers they give you on Amazon, right? And I'm like going, oh man, I dig this guy's writing. Let me get into the show first and then I'll I'll turn back. And then of course you mentioned to me that Titus does all the does all the narration for the books, for the audiobooks. And I'm like, oh great. So <laughs> it's discouraging me from reading. It's gonna have me listening to it on the way to work. I can't recommend the show more. And I know this has become <laughs> It's not such a kickstart anymore. It's like kickstart everybody on Bosch the last three weeks.
1: Right. It's like the Bosch fan club, the Bosch bandwagon (laughs) fan club. Get on Bosch. Get on board. Look, there's still plenty of room for everybody.
0: Yes. And do by the time you get done with these, you're going to have that first season of the spinoff, you know, ready to digest. You're going to be itching for it. I remember a friend of mine when he wasn't into Lethal Weapon, the original at all. And he finally got around to seeing it. A month before Lethal Weapon 2 came out, I'm like, you son of a bitch. He goes, what? I said, I've had to wait two and a half years for this. You get to like wait weeks and you get to like dive right into it. Right. So he, it's, it's the same kind of thing with this. I, I wanted to pace myself because by, you know, a year from now or when uh, the spinoff finally makes its, its way to IMDb TV. Is that where it's going, right?
1: IMDb TV. huh? Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you do like one season, like once every two or three weeks? It'll give you a nice little break in between. And then by the time the the spinoff comes, you're ready to go. I took a break from Bosch though, to go see Black Widow in a theater. Florence Pugh, again, I'm I'm, the Florence Pugh fan club right here. And she's, she's so great in it. And let's just say about this from the MCU standpoint, it's, it fits, but this is a great standalone and, and quite emotional. I'm not unlike guardians of the galaxy two where, you know, it's able to do its own thing and still be relative to the the whole big package they're trying to put together. Marvel's playing and put together. And I, I know some people have difficulty with the movie because, you know, not to be spoiler or at this point, if you don't know.
1: Look, Natasha, dude, I don't even know anything about it. And I know the spoilers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I've.
0: Right. Last yeah.
1: Marvel movie I saw was Deadpool 2. And I know. And I know the spoilers.
0: Natasha doesn't make it to the to end game. She's dead. Or she is makes it to the end game, but she's dead. The movie takes place um, right after Age of Ultron and the, the the Avengers are on the run because new rules about superheroes. I'm not gonna get into all that bullshit because it's not necessary. Black Widow fun time, more like a born movie, more like one of the first, like the first or the third born movie, than it is a Marvel movie. Um, David Harbour isn't and he's super funny, but again, the standout is Florence Pugh. She's just she gets to do everything, she gets to be dramatic.
1: Is she like okay. short round in uh, temple of doom?
0: <laughs> no,
1: no, I'm just saying like, we know that short round was awesome in temple of doom, but we know he got killed before he was dead before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, that's true. What the hell, man? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I'm doing grassman at straws so I can participate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about this. Oh, thing. no, I'm
0: just saying it's a fun movie, but here's something I did. We discovered when we went to the movie theater, the rules about capacity and All states except for Hawaii is 100% capacity in the movie theater. Now, I didn't know that when I bought my tickets, because when I bought my tickets, the seat, the two seats were empty on either side of the three seats that I picked. So why would I think anything had changed? Because I had gone to the movies three times total before that. And then we had massive separation. I had no idea it had been lifted. And then that was on Tuesday. And as of last Saturday, the 17th, LA has, everybody in LA has got to wear masks inside again. Now I was already doing it. Yeah. Right. Like in between, you know, shoving popcorn in my mouth, I, you know, I was covering my mouth up, but even at work where everybody's been, te- not only have been tested, you know, every two or three days, uh, even if the people have been vaccinated, just the rule of SAG and everything, I still would like, you know, take a bite of my food, put my mask back on. It's just, I'm trying to be respectful of everybody else. And also, you know, the selfishness of being, protecting yourself, but also I'm being, you know, mindful of other people too. It, we're, we're I going to say we're back at square one, we're back at, but we're, but we're reverting back and we shouldn't be. And that's, <laughs> I was thinking about like, just, just because the, 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 the states are telling everybody, Hey, yeah, you can do this. I think the movie theater chains are probably doing themselves a disservice by being 100% open, you know, and not having, not rolling back to 50% capacity. Because I don't know about you, but I got a feeling, man, any kind of long-term shutdown again for the movie theaters is going to be their death. No, I, you know what I'm saying? I really think that it's going to end them if they have to shut down for any amount of time. they should be voluntarily rolling back to 50%, you know? Yeah. Just, just, just my take. And, you know, I know we're big proponents of the business, but boy, let me tell you something. If our business has less outlets like movie theaters to put their, their product in. And I have to say it like that. If you want to talk about money, I, if I'm also the studios, I'm encouraging the theaters. I'm like, you need to stop that shit. You need to roll back to 50%. Maybe the studios need to maybe not charge so much on the, you know, the leasing and the rental of their show fees, you know, for their presentation fees. I don't know. Some, they need to start working together because it's counterintuitive to what they're trying to do. And again, if the studios don't do the right, remember when they, when they were switching over from 35 mil to, you know, film projectors to digital and the theaters wanted the studios to fit the bill for it. Oh Yeah. I was always on the theater side. I'm like, hey, you know what? Yeah, studios, you make the effort. Come together as a group, you know, the Paramounts, the Warner Brothers. You guys get together and help retrofit these theaters because you are saving so much money by not having, you're sending files digitally now, right? And you're able to make things easier for the show presentators, in this case, the, the theaters, like do them the favor you guys. Cause that's, cause here's the thing. I mean, you, would you not agree if you guys are splitting 50 50 between the theater and (laughs) in the studio that makes the movie, why shouldn't you help them make things easier?
1: All right. Split every, make split it all 50 50.
0: Right. Exactly. So, and I think in this case right now, The studios and the theaters need to start working together instead of having these fights like they had. We started seeing last summer with Universal. Remember that whole bit with Universal and Regal? Or was it AMC? It was was Universal because it was about Fast 9. Remember that shit? Yes. Right. Stop being confrontational. If you do this, you're going to hurt each other in the end. And you're going to damage both sides. Yeah. I mean, dude, we've already lost lost a chain. We lost Pacific. And in turn, we lost one of our favorite, you know, small chains. We lost the arc lights. We lost the, you know, you're just setting yourself up to hurt the business as a whole. Now, that's money bullshit aside. Let's put that over there. People, start thinking of yourselves and thinking of others in a different way. You know, start caring about people. Because fuck, man, Driving to work yesterday, I saw so many out of state plates as I was driving in, and the traffic was super heavy. I'm like, why are you guys coming to LA? Go home. You know, I know it's summertime and you travel, but don't pretend like this isn't, this is done. This is over. Just because you got your shots, great. All it does is lessen the likelihood that you're going to get it. Doesn't mean you're not going to get it. I've been in, there have been plenty of reports. I don't know anybody personally that. It's gotten their vaccinations, but it's gotten sick. You got two different variants out there now of this thing. And all it does is lessen likelihood you're going to get it or best lessen the likely, lessen the likelihood it's going to hurt you long-term if you get sick. It's, you know what I mean? It's, I just feel like too many people. It's like
1: any vaccine, man. They're, They're nothing, none of them are guaranteed that you're not going to get sick. Right. So you should treat it as such.
0: Yeah.
1: And The variant is a real thing. So, you know, if you've thrown all your masks away, well, then you probably should go buy some more. Yeah. And still be mindful of other people. Still be safe when you go out. Nobody can tell you what to do but yourself. So I'm just saying, think about all of those things and not just the inconvenience of having to wear a mask. Because at this point, I'm used to it. Like, I, dude, I haven't gone without my mask. I didn't. I never. I still wear a mask everywhere I go. I got two in my car at all times. I got one I carry on me. Yeah. I haven't been to a movie yet because I'm not ready to go. Cause I, you know, I don't think that it's, I didn't think that it was safe to go yet. Apparently it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows?
2: Yeah.
1: LA is on the rise again. So like, you know, like everywhere else. So, you know, just be mindful and, you know, again, take care of your fellow man, take care of the guy next door, whether he's wearing a mask or not, you should, you know, you can't make him wear a mask, but you can continue to, Keep yourself, your family and others safe. Yeah.
0: How about this? If you're such a, such a person that has a hard time, you know, uh, uh being empathetic towards others and sympathetic towards others, how about being totally selfish and worry about your own health mask up anyway, just be do it for yourself. I mean, I, you know, we talked about what we were going We said, Hey, what are going to talk about? And it's, it's, it's. It's hard for us not to, uh, to talk about our, you know, we, we, we've been promoting and talking about things that are happening in person and things like that. And so I, we kind of felt it was important to, to reiterate your, the importance of this hasn't gone away, continue to do your part. And just if, stay safe.
1: If not for yourself, if not for everybody else, yourself,
0: yes. right?
2: Yeah.
1: Because here's what I'm going to tell you. If you are into this, Friday, July twenty third at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. If you are lucky enough to already get a ticket, well, then you must be a member. <laughs> uh, if you have it, I'm look up to saying, you go, up, you show up, and maybe you can get into this. But uh, at the Arrow Theater next Friday, there will be a double feature of Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, with director Martin Brest. And moderator PT Anderson. Now, I mean, how fucking cool is that? Yeah. Like when I got the notice on my phone, I literally clicked it, even though I wasn't going to be here. Clicked it, it was sold out. Yeah. I, I don't know how that happens. How how the moment it shows up on my feed, it's sold out. Is beyond me. But it was. But man, how fantastic is that? For <laughs> you know. And ha- after having not having these kind of things for over a year, this is the kind of things we're talking about. Like right. these are great. But if you're going to go, man be safe. Don't show up without a mask and then be mad and pissed off when they won't let you in or, you know, start spouting your constitutional right to not wear a mask. It, it, you know, people are putting, you know, th- th- these things cost money to put on the line right. and people are going, nobody wants to get sick and we, and we we can only take care of each other. So I'm not going to say anything more about the mask because I don't want to start so I'm not a PSA and I'm not a pitch man for masks or anything else. I don't own any stock in any mask companies. I'm just saying, be a good human. Yeah. You know, just take care of each other. But look, man, if you can go to this thing, how great is this? Yeah. I mean, God, I'm kind of, I'm so jealous I'm not going to be here. Yeah. And that I couldn't get a ticket, even if I was.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> it's a 35 millimeter print, too, of Midnight Run, which is fantastic.
0: Of the two movies, obviously, one is a little bit closer to our heart than the other. <laughs> oh, I love both of them. But yes, they're, they're for different reasons. I, exactly, exactly. It's always been at the top of my list. It, it, it's such a fun movie and it, what a great way to showcase his leads and Marty is great at doing that. Look at, I mean, midnight run is just that kind of movie and what a great pairing too. It really is. I mean, you couldn't have picked a a great double bill because they're my two favorite movies. He doesn't do, he doesn't do a lot of movies. So you got two classics right there, and I—I I mean that. I hope somebody's shooting video. I hope they.
1: Oh, I'm sure, dude, I hope it. You know, uh, what would be awesome, dude, if they just went with a live feed for the people who can't get in for I, the, uh, you know, for the uh, yeah. Q and A afterwards. Would be yeah. that would be amazing. You hear that, arrow.
0: Yeah, the Beyond Fest guys are really good about that stuff. I mean, who's actually putting the the event on? Uh, I think it's American
1: Cinematheque.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yes. I'm here. I have to work. <laughs> when you sent me the link, and like that, like that, it mattered anyway. And it's no, hey, it doesn't matter if you're going to Montana or if you're still in Los Angeles. <laughs> Just like with these events, that thing It doesn't about, matter where you're going to be. Unless you've got a ticket, you ain't gonna <laughs> you're not going to be there. You're not going to be there. I really hope somebody shoots it because that's going to be something special. It, no matter who was moderating it, it was going to be good. You know, when it comes to PT Anderson movies, you know how I feel about it. I'm. I don't hold him as, in, in high highest regard as much as a lot of people, but I love listening to him talk about cinema. He's been a moderator for a lot of different events like this, and I've always loved listening to him talk. How can you not appreciate the man we're speaking about cinema when he loves it as much as he does? And I love Robert Downey Jr. as a performer, but uh, as an actor, but I don't always care, I always care for him as a singer. So <laughs> it's the same thing with, with P.T. It's like I love listening to him talk. And if he had a podcast, dude, I'd pay money to listen to him, do a podcast every week because he's an enjoyable guy and he knows how to navigate a conversation like he's going to have with Marty. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm super jealous all those people are going to be there. It's a, it's
1: going to be a good one. That's for sure, man. It's, you know, I, I mean, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I don't, not to, but this one kind of stings that I'm not going to be able to go to it. I'll mourn from afar <laughs> from Livingston, Montana.
0: This is right up there with that evening with, with Walter Hill and Edgar Wright when he did that double bill during Beyond Fest.
1: Yep. Right.
0: <sighs> yeah. That's <laughs> like, that I was so jealous because I was sick, dude. I had tickets for it and I was sick and I couldn't go. I had to I had to eat the tickets. I couldn't get anybody to take them from me. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, that's weird, man. Damn. That's crazy. I know. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, it's a, it's a super quick kickstart—not super quick, but it's. Uh, I'm sorry if we if we got a little soapboxy, but it, it's the our intention is just to remind you people just to be be safe, and if you don't have to be somewhere, don't go. You know, the, you know, there's plenty of stuff to stay home and watch.
1: Right, I could give you a list of stuff, but some of you don't like it, apparently.
0: <laughs> Come on, man! You got you got two more weeks worth of. Dark castle enjoyment from us. Dark castle. Yo. Dark castle. I hope you guys enjoyed 13 ghosts last week. We did. The guess of us last two weeks is just to guess them on what it is. What, what do we cover the rest of the way?
1: What could they possibly be doing? And believe it or not, we don't do rock and roll. How about that? And we don't do return to house on haunted Hill
0: or white (laughs) out or white (laughs) out or ninja
1: assassin. There's your, there's your clues or the losers. Well, we're not doing any of those. So
0: no. Hmm. Well, we're going to talk about them someday. Hmm. Cause I love the losers.
1: Yeah, man. It's the, it's the best movie ever with Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
0: (laughs) It is. What else could it be? Oh, what's that one where he, where he dies? Uh, God, I
1: don't even, was that Grey's Anatomy? And he plays the ghost. He's, uh, he, isn't that on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> no, the other he, one. And he's the ghost of Catherine Hagel's boyfriend. <laughs>
0: no, the other one with, uh, with Hillary Swank. Uh, Ghost Rider. <laughs> ghost Rider 3. <laughs> Ass on fire. P.S. I love you. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> is that what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I can't remember the name of it. That's it. I, I'm she just remembering the
1: cover. Yeah. That's all. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just remember like the ghostly face. Who was the love interest in that?
0: Like when she, uh, was it, it wasn't Mark Ruffalo. Who was it? Isn't it Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Gerard Butler. Gerard
1: Butler. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, I remember the box vaguely looking like Gerard Butler. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. See, it is the best Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's not the losers. Cause it's not him. It's Gerard Butler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there can only be one. Apparently there can not. Only, it can be,
1: well, no. It's be three or four, apparently.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow it at KaratePod. Or on Instagram, I'm at the same thing, at Karate Pod. If you want to follow us on Letterboxd, you follow Corey at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com slash KITG podcast.
1: If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Letterboxd under Harry Bosch. That's still Harry Bosch at letterbox.com.
0: Oh, dude, that P.S. I Love You movie. It's 125 minutes. Why does that movie yeah. need to be you know, for two hours long?
1: Dude, and it, you know, it's funny because it's full of a bunch of people I actually like,
0: but not in this movie. I mean, yeah, Lisa yeah. Kudrow, Gina because Gershon. Lisa, Lisa Kuro. Yeah. Come on, Gina's great. Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Oh no, no, he like, but he dies at the beginning. That's the whole point. Is, like, yeah, he she's she, like her dad, he, Yeah. Totally. he right She write? He writes her like little letters after, after he's dead. Or Like yeah. she reads after he's dead, and then he goes. She goes to, to Scotland, right? Is that right?
1: And finds his brother. Yeah. Played by Gerard Butler. Yeah.
0: That makes sense, right? Or
1: something like that. <laughs> it's probably better if it was that.
2: <laughs>